My free download back. I'm so out of it. Um, I feel like we're just at a point where listeners expect us to be out of it. Guys, welcome to KYG Y2K. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to the Goth Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Lerner. With me is pretty much my co-host at this point, Jesse Dram. Hi. I know. It's funny because we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago where you were like, I didn't sign up to do a second podcast. And I'm like, other than just like talk to me, you really don't. I don't make you carry any weight for this podcast. You know, I think the difference needs to be, it, I think this needs to be like a Saturday afternoon podcast. Yeah. The fact that we're always like, we had the whole shit, I had to put the baby down, you had to cook dinner, we're going to record this, and then I'm going to go for a walk, and then we're going to spend a little time together, and that'll be it. We're, we're so busy on the weekends, though. Yeah. I think it's going to just be like, put the baby down for a nap and do a podcast, and then yeah. we'll, we'll be better off. But you know what? It already feels better that... It's not a Wednesday release anymore. Yeah, that helps. As fun as it was. Like, release on Wednesday. Get it? Because Wednesday Adams. What's up? I mean, I did it for, like, the first couple weeks that it was cute, and then I dropped it anyway. So, like, no one cared anymore. If you really care, let me know. Um, But, yeah. Instead of a picture of Wednesday Adams, you could just put a picture of a a Thursday Screamo Band album. True. That is true. There are other goth thing a thursday feels more goth in name yeah the, well, those guys were also like so they were my introduction to screamo and uh man they were just i i remember i listened to that episode of the bonfire where they coined the term beta rock uh-huh where like there's you know there's love songs this doesn't really apply to thursday as much i still like the concept because there's like love songs and then there's like whiny like you know she's so high above me she's you know she likes me for me like really like wuss infatuation rock and screamo were very much like you know my my heart won't beat without you like dude you're in your mid 40s now and have to sing that every night gross thursday also kind of seemed to like like straddle emo um pop punk and hardcore i don't i didn't ha- hear any pop punk. so uh, i'll give this no 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 i mean i don't mean that the genre the band itself did i mean that the band attracted that oh, yeah. group of people yeah the, like you, a bunch you, of groups of people you got a pretty wide swath um being older now i can actually appreciate musically uh they have a lot of post hardcore happening like the way the songs are actually constructed mm, yeah. is not too different from, like, at the drive-in. Mm, uh, interesting. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really interesting... If you're not... If anyone's listening, you're not a musician and might not understand. But, like, even, like, them and uh, at the same time, you have My Chemical Romance and Saves the Day, who were geographical. Like, these were all right. North Jersey people. But, yeah, even just, like, the way they play chords is just very similar. There was something, there was something in the water at that time. Speaking of uh, geographical, I remember fangirling because one of the internships I had in college uh, shared a studio where Thursday used to record. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Full Collapse, great album. Listen to it if you need Uh, some nostalgia. Thursday is one of those weird bands, though, where it's like, it feels like nobody in the band is a rock star. Like, they are just a band of charismaless dudes. Interesting. Interesting. Excuse me, I bet. Yeah. Um, but that is because they talk about Ma- uh, Finn McKinty, who we listen to a lot. 
uh, talks about how, like, yeah, modern rock stars, why would they... It, we're going to look back one day and think it's insane that, like, the rhythm guitarist of Newfound Glory is also a rock star. Like, no, just do the stars. You don't need the fucking band. Who cares? That emo episode today about emo today, uh-huh. it was very interesting that he did. I think there's a better emo now as opposed to, like, pop punk, which peaked in the 2000s. And then, like, even in the early 2000s, there was stuff calling itself pop punk but it wasn't it was night and day different but he's right that like a lot of the emo now sounds just like 2000s emo yeah there's like not a lot of difference to it Mm. but it's funny when he was talking about like different uh subcultures and talking about like the classic rock subculture and you know that that doesn't look much different than now and they showed that and i was like oh i was that too Oh, I was the emo kid, too. Oh, I was the goth kid, too. Oh, I was the punk. I'm, like, all over. Even then, I was all over the fucking place, like, in high school. Um, Also, we talked about TikTok and how it's not meant for our generation. No, it's It's going to be really funny when, like, Gen Z is just like, yo, Gen, Gen, or Gen, (laughs) we're millennials. We're the non-Gen. When they're like, millennials mm. ruin this and it's not cool anymore. It makes me so mad when, like, Facebook or Instagram stories pop up and they're clearly just TikToks. Oh, my God. And and the video itself is something of worth. And then there's just this fucking ugly person in the foreground watching and quote-unquote react. I was telling you, I felt like it's watching a Japanese game show where they, Mm. like... You know, send a schoolgirl out to like piss in a shopping aisle, and there's just some random dude in a picture on picture in the corner, like smiling politely. Like, why do I give a fuck what this idiot thinks about this? Like, I, the whole format kind of annoys me. You know what I don't like? And again, we acknowledge this isn't for us. This is not for our generation. Well, I thought it came out of the blue. I had no idea dancing was so big. When people explain oh, yeah. TikTok to me, it's like, oh, it's for the kids to dance on. Like, kids give a fuck about dancing? Is this footloose? What's oh, happening? it's crazy. They, they, like, all do the same, like, the same dances and stuff. Mm. Um, but the the robot voice is weird. Have you ever heard oh, that? Yeah, like, the, the, the woman robot yeah. voice. By the way, this, I, I'm not on TikTok. This I, see, baby. I, see, I see this re-released on Instagram because, of course, I'm, I'm on Instagram for the pictures. And I hate the fucking, mm-hmm. what is it? What are they called? Reels? Reels. I hate the reels. I Re- hate reels them. are good for stand up when I'm trying to get ahead, but like, yeah, a lot of those like this baby saw her father's identical twin for <laughs> the first time, <laughs> yeah, and then what's the video itself? The baby looks like one, and then the other, and then looks at her actual dad like, ah, you're my dad, and it's not, it's not even good content. We're all just slaves to the fucking algorithm. Oh, I was about to say, I know my second Instagram like for Goth Mom does terrible on the algorithm because I don't fucking post reels and shit like that and mm. that's like how you get seen at this point so you know who had a good approach to this uh you remember when snapchat was big yeah isn't it still with the z's i don't know uh i know they use that more than like facebook or whatever yeah but yeah my buddy ryan gibbons just completely accommodated that to himself uh he was a dj out in milwaukee what he would do is every single day he would take a brief video of himself shitting on the toilet look to the camera and just say crap chat and that's it. That was the whole thing. Wow. Like, good. Good. You fucking just... Dist- Boy, is there egg on their face. Wow. <laughs> All right, then. 
his mom. Speaking of goth moms, his mom. we saw our punk mom. Oh my god, Kathleen Hanna. We Kathleen Hanna of Bikini Kill. This weekend. Got um, in a fist fight with Courtney Love in 94 at Lollapalooza. Oh, I thought you were going to say you got in a fist fight. Although nah. you almost got into a fist fight with that annoying woman behind oh, us. Oh god, yeah. Not uh, really, you didn't really. A, gr- a grown woman with a mask and like gi- the gigantic headphones. Alright, I don't judge the mask. That they put on. Uh, I'm... I'm not going to say what it is. I'm saying these are clues being dropped. And, I don't think the mask is a good clue. And a gigantic set of headphones that you might see on a two-year-old. Or let's say somebody who's overstimulated easily. But yeah, I stood in front of this person for three seconds trying to figure it out. And they like angrily tapped me on the shoulder and be like, You can't stand in front of me. Like They're also on a precipice that is higher than me. Right. But I got back at her by no, fine. She, she didn't even say it. She What annoyed me was she said... She's, said i need to be able to see like as if you know she is required to see and i'm like lady have you ever been to a show where you stand no one can see anything all right yeah and by the way this isn't the typical bikini kill show with like girls to the front we're in the balcony like yeah yeah it's not like jesse's in the front yeah man i belong here what's up yeah we were in the balcony but no, the mask to me was not a giveaway because there were actually a decent amount of people there wearing were. masks. There were. Um, we did not. I mainly wasn't because I just got over COVID. Right. But honestly, I probably would have been too. Um, but it was a really good time. Kathleen oh Hannah's great. All their songs are 40 seconds long. I never noticed it's that before. It's so awesome. But the show got out very early because of it. Yeah, I we like it. At, Only one opener. Yeah. Mwah. We were out at like 10.30. Oh yeah, the... That was what was weird was like the bassist was wearing a band, a mask in the opener. Yeah. From like you're near no one. Um, but whatever, you know, do your thing. Um, but yeah, that was a really good time. I definitely teared up when they first came on. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. My boss is seeing them uh, tonight in Canada and I cannot wait to talk to her about it. Tomorrow. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. she scheduled our one-on-one based on... Us being able to talk about it after she saw them. Mm-hmm. I teared up during Rebel Girl just because it's the song we sing to our daughter all the time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, I remember I said during the show, I'm so glad we like picked her as like a, a proto role model. Like, yes. she'll get to pick her own, but this is one we want to be from a very young age. Like, yeah, this is this is what girls like. You know, you don't need to take shit from nobody. I'm your dad. You don't need to trust me. You can trust this really cool punk rock chick who's. Ain't taking shit from no mans. I know. I hope they have something like that for her when she's younger. Because I feel like I didn't have that feminist mm-hmm. um, role model there'll be, as a kid. There will be some corporate plant filling that role. Like, oh, uh, God. Well, the, the industry plant. The, the last time they like actually confirmed one, there was a band that was getting popular on TikTok. The band was called Tramp Stamp. It was three girls playing DIY punk rock, and they each had different colored dyed hair. And they had a song called uh, I'd Rather Kill Myself Than Ever Date a Straight White Male Again. And then it came out that they'd all been in the record industry for years, and this is just the latest product. And just... (laughs) Sorry, stinkers. That sucks, honestly. Commoditized iconoclasm. I know. I just, yeah, I can't think of like who. I'm sure there were like women I looked up to when I was younger, but like 
Yeah, there wasn't like a Riot Girl. I was way too young for Riot Girl. Yeah, you were just old enough for Spice Girls. You got your yeah. own kind of girl power. Oh, I guess I didn't even think about that. Which Kathleen Hanna did remind us all that uh-huh. she coined girl power first. Um, I did forget about. Okay, I looked up to the Spice Girl. I'm. Uh, I wouldn't say I ever looked up to Britney Spears. I liked yeah. Britney Spears, but I wasn't like I want to be her so, when I grow and, up. And that is the craziness. Is a lot of people can be like the Spice Girls, you know, stole girl power from actual activists. Like, yeah, and what came after the Spice Girls made Spice Girls look like fucking Angela Davis. Like, not to mention Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera didn't have an opinion in their wait, little after- brains. They did cut. They were contemporaries. No, but no. Spice Girls were pretty much broken up and done by '99. Really? Yeah, and, and this is like one at the yeah. Spice Girls were done by the time that they were, and again, you know, Spice Girls also prepackaged, but they had a little more sass to them. And then it literally became like you know, you will go out there and say you're a fucking virgin, or this tour is over, Britney. Um. Yeah. People care about your pussy. It's Britney really Spears. a shame what they did to her. Oh, it's fucked up. Like um, I said that video I saw of fucking Barbara Walters being like, you know, actually it wasn't Barbara Walters, it was Diane Sawyer being like, "Are you still a virgin?" And like, she's eighteen. What the fuck do you care, you dried up old mummy? Um. Yeah, they asked really inappropriate questions on interviews. Have you considered anal, Brittany? Um. Yeah, we get it, honey. Uh. But if you, if you think Jesse doesn't take things far enough, uh, respond to the promotion of this episode with an eggplant and say, Jesse should go further. Oh, God. If you think Perry's right and Jesse needs to shut his mouth on the Goth Mom podcast, comment with a peach. I don't, yeah. Well, since, a- a- eggplant versus peach. Since it's my podcast. Well, no, Perry, because I'm a Perry. Oh. Um, since it's my podcast, I think I get a say. The say, hmm. um, but I don't. I don't know why people got all. I mean, I guess I get my, why. I was why people would be mad that Spice Girls took girl power, but at the same time, they were targeting a totally different audience. Right. Um, right. But like, yeah, uh, Bikini Kill was targeting like college girls, maybe a little younger. Spice Girls were targeting children. Right, and I. So there was a book that my friend lent to me. Uh, that it's definitely for it's definitely young adult but it's called moxie and it was about this uh this teenager who find who finds her mom's like old shit from like riot girl era Mm -hmm. and starts her own zine and riot girl and girls to the front and they reference bikini kill and bratmobile and stuff and uh it's pretty cool i'm definitely saving that for the kid um, and Amy Poehler played her mom in the movie, and I'm like, was she, was she, a, like, the target during Riot Girl? Like, she just feels too old. But uh, I, I guess I, I, no, she would. I think she would have been college age. In, like, I guess the not, because like I didn't realize Kathleen Hanna was so much older than me, because she said yeah. she was 54, and I'm like, damn, she was 22 when I was born. Yeah, because like. Riot Girl started around like what ninety five? Uh, no, no, no. It 93. was going ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, I would say. So I didn't realize she was so old doing it. Well, not old, but like, yeah, I guess she would have been like twenty five at that point. Um. So yeah, I found that interesting, and she's super cute. Oh yeah, I still I know it's not what we're going for. Totally smash Kathleen Hanna. 
I totally smashed Kathleen Hanna. All right. Um, no, nah, I don't know if I. I would want Kathleen Hanna to be like my cool older sister, mm. honestly. Okay, Amy Poehler would have been right in that target demographic. Mm. Born nineteen seventy one, so she would have True. been twenty three, twenty four. That True. was off. Um, she just feels like mom to me, honestly. But yeah, Kathleen Hanna feels like a cool older sister. I would not want to smash her. Yeah, she'd be a cool aunt. I want to be like her. Oh, she totally has aunt energy. Yeah, she wore like. It was a one-piece dress, and it was, so the skirt part of the dress and the short sleeve part of the dress was pale pink, and then the middle of it, just on the front, was sequins. It was... It was very cute, and she had her hair up in a bun, and... Which has been her look. I I feel like she's really made that, like, her iconic, like, if you... If I saw her in silhouette... I'd be like, that's her. She's rocking the Wilma Flintstone look. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. I I'd hope they tour again. That'd be that'd be pretty fun. Yeah. And it was fun to realize I actually had to look it up while we were there to realize that oh, aside from it's funny, the only member of the band that uh, is not still with them is the one non woman. The guy apparently hasn't played with them since like ninety seven. Yeah. And I don't know if there's beef there. He was in the documentary, and the documentary was recently. Go watch The je- the Punk Singer yeah. on YouTube. It's very interesting. It's free. And, uh, yeah, that's what made me. I told you, I watched it on a whim one day, and was like, holy shit. Well, I- I've talked before how I find a lot of appeal in media that was not made for me at all. Like, I like a lot of black exploitation movies. Um, when it comes to hip-hop, I've, I've enjoyed stuff like... Like, Della Soul and, like, Tribe Called Quest. Like, that was never, like, that was, like, for black college nerds. Like, that had nothing to do with suburban white boys. That's why I liked it. See, I know a lot of, just to interject, I know a lot of white people who, like, Tribe Called Quest. I only know black people who like Della Soul. All right, Tribe Called Quest. I, I feel like they've been accommodated more in the years since. But to, to compare with, again, at the time, we're talking, like, the gangster rap, which was, like, for everybody right. it had a lot of the machismo and then you that had like sense. this sensitive like you know again for like you know college nerds basically yeah. but that's why i found the appeal of riot girl because like this is not like i am the problem and actually i'm the problem I, i'm the problem in both of these subgenres. yeah <laughs> both these subgenres speak to me and that they basically say like man fuck people like jesse like, yeah oh i kind of like this can i watch from a <laughs> corner i don't you kids have fun. I just want to stand back and watch. I don't want to be a part of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I dug that. Not to mention, I one of the things that's changed, I've mentioned before how I had, like, a late teens, 20-something conservative streak. But uh, I think one of the best ways to recontextualize shit for people when they're like, well, those people are being ignorant about some other people. Like, like okay, looking back, if I if my dad was still alive because my dad was very racist and I remember he didn't like Malcolm X like well Malcolm X wanted to separate from black people from white people I would have said like dad isn't that pretty much what you want don't you just want them to go away <laughs> oh god like don't you think there's anything co- like you know like oh well, they talk about black pride like don't you think there's something cool about people who have been put down forever who are suddenly like hey like oh well why isn't there white pride because you weren't oh told you weren't told to be ashamed of being white your entire fucking life. Like, people in the South were told, don't make eye contact with white people. They're above you. And for them to just go, like, yo, fuck you guys. I'm black and I'm proud. Because I was just watching that thing on James Brown today. Like, 
Yeah, how do you not... Even if you're not in the in-group, how can you not think that's fucking cool? Yeah. Every fucking superhero movie is about ragtag people, like, grabbing destiny with their own hands and saying, you know, fuck the, fuck the man. How can you be a fan of fucking Star Wars, The Rebellion... And have a problem with, like, Black Lives Matter. Oh, the irony of all the white racist people who like Star Wars. Where yeah. It's like, you're you're missing the point. Or they think they're the rebels. Yeah, like, oh, it was a real rebel like me. They're fighting, fa- they're fighting space fascism. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Palpatine is... No, he's not Trump, because Trump's an idiot. Palpatine had more. He's, he's Stalin. He's Stalin or he's yeah, Mao. Yep. Um... There's a hello to more happening on Tatooine. <laughs> Damn, that was a smart, nerdy... Th- this is why I will never be appreciated in my time. Yeah, baby. No one appreciates you. That's right. No one mm. loves you. Misa has to give me crops to the Emperor. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, I love the, uh, the f- uh, fan theory that uh, Jar Jar is a uh, Seth Lord. <laughs> I, th- I remember that there was thought that, uh, and this was very similar to the one with uh, Harry Potter, where they say the the other dork is the actual chosen one. And I remember there was an old one of uh, the Jar- other dork. Jar Jar was the what was his name? Colin Neville. Neville. Oh. Yeah, there was a theory that Neville, would, like basically, even the entire story as it exists, Neville is just has all the same markings of being the chosen one that. Uh, Harry, Harry has. Yeah. <laughs> you forget Harry's name. What's his face? You know, that dude. That dude from the book. That dude from the guy from the book. But from yeah, the thing. Jar Jar. Yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, yeah, Jar Jar. I read a thing where, like, he was supposed to be the chosen one or something. It didn't make any sense, but... I read the Sith Lord one, and it did kind of make sense. This is, but I this think is it's an giving, older one. But I think it's giving George Lucas too much credit for no. putting Jar Jar in there. I think he, he wanted to... Tried to profit off of a children's oh, yeah. character. One of the funniest fucking things, if you watch any of the making of the Phantom Menace stuff, George Lucas is just straight up like in the editing bay going like, if Jar Jar doesn't work, the whole film falls apart. And everyone oh, yeah. around him is just like tugging their calendar. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and that's one of the theories of why he's a Sith Lord. Mm. Um... Whatever. I like the Phantom Menace minus that. Wait, I was I was watching... Oh, we were watching a child star thing that talked about what oh, a terrible yeah. life like That's baby right. Anakin had. Oh my god, the girl from Lazy Town. I can't believe what she got into. Nothing. Yeah, the, the, the thumbnail like suggested, like, chick from Lazy Town has a face tattoo now. Like, what? And then she was never mentioned. But who does have face tattoos now? Amanda, please. Wait, so did you not know she had face tattoos until I that know. video? I did oh, not I know. didn't realize that because that, that came knew, out like a year or two ago. I knew she'd been going bonkers for a while, but I didn't actually. No, I hadn't followed that much of it. Yeah, that happened a year or two ago with like her new boo. You know what she? The movie she. Well, you know what sucked. Wait, you know what sucked about the face tattoo thing is I think everyone started thinking she was like it was around the time she started to seem to get her shit to get together again. Uh, she like entered under the conservatorship with her parents and like yeah she seemed like she like knew she had trouble she was having like mental health issues and was like taking care of it and then the face tattoo thing Mm -hmm. happened it was a real bummer all right let's see if you can guess this there is only one piece of media that featured amanda Bynes that i was ever attracted to her what was it a hairspray damn right fucking 
You've told me this. What was her name in that? Polly? Penny. Penny. Penny Pringle. Yeah. Yeah, like, you she's tell me that. these things. And you know you know why she's so cute in that? Because much like Riot Girl and nerdy hip-hop, she was into black dudes. Oh. Has nothing to do with me. All right, I can just respect it. Wait, Riot Girl? She's a checkered board chick. Oh, oh, she she's not into you. I thought you were saying Riot Girls were into black dudes. I was like, I don't no. think that's a thing. No. I think, like... <laughs> if you got a problem with masculinity, I don't think that's where you want I to think, start. <laughs> I think, in fact, Riot Girl is famously... Um, like the big complaint which understandable is they omitted you know black not intentionally necessarily but like omitted like black people and trans people and mm. LGBTQ and I do think that is the ultimate though of like letting perfect be the enemy of good no because if you don't feel safe in those spaces what do, like how does that help you that doesn't help you at all as a black woman if you don't feel safe in those because that's the thing like I think they were like actively hostile Mm. to like trust me you gotta read book like you gotta read about it and a lot of i read that whole book right but that's it Uh. and they talk about it in that book Uh. but a lot of people who were a part of the uh movement at the time have since said they like really regretted like the fact that like they didn't make black women feel more welcome because don't forget they were in dc there were plenty of black women there they but they i mean probably not as much you know when they started in the pacific northwest but yeah like it's true. It, yeah. it, Kathleen Hanna only found out there were black people in 94. Cut some slack. It's one thing about, like, not getting perfect, letting perfect get in the way of the good, which I hate that phrase because my fucking old owner, not my owner, the owner of my Your own company. Old, old massive. <laughs> like, used to say it all the time. Um, but, yeah, like I said, when those spaces are completely hostile and not inclusive of other people, then you're not helping. And that's been the problem mm. of, like, first, second, and third wave feminism is... The lack of diversity and the lack of inclusion. It's, here's here's my thought on that is like, if that's the case, it's one thing if you're actively keeping people of color or transgender people out of those discussions, but I mean... I mean, they were. But, but here's the thing. If Riot Girl was founded by white Northwest, you know, white Northwestern college girls, feminists, like... I don't see how they would even know how to fucking address your problems in the first place. So it becomes that weird, like, the the, the, the double-edged sword of, like, oh, well, you're exclusionary or you're, like, you know, uh, savior complex. Like, there doesn't... But that's the very thing. It's not about addressing their problems. It's, It's allowing people into that space so that they can address the problems. Mm -hmm. It's not about white people addressing the problems. It's about... Also including black people who have their own point of view so that they can address their problems. And Mm. same with queer people. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. But it's not about... That is the problem. Is that it was always... Again, with first through third uh, wave of feminism generation. Wave of feminism. It was always white people at the top. Always. Mm. Always white, cis women at the top i mean and that was the problem with like first wave why do i keep saying generation first wave feminism is that it was all like it was still very uppity upper white people like upper class white people like it was a class issue initially and then as like you know things became a little more integrated but that was the other thing with like 
second wave feminism with uh like the civil rights movement and stuff like that like they felt like like black women felt like they weren't being supported in their um what's the word i'm looking for struggle not struggle um sandwich yeah sandwich uh no god damn i can't think of it i can't think of the word uh struggle no stop (laughs) um uh their agenda Ah. like they were not being supported and like that was the whole thing is like why don't we just come together and we can all support each other and then it's a lot harder for all of us to be oppressed because we're you know all one group and i feel like we still have that issue like, you know, we saw the issue of like, oh, well, what about me? There was like, again, a lot of what aboutism. Like, what about me and my struggle? It's like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll do this. But can we all come together and just support Black Lives Matter right now? And if we all get behind that, then we can deal with all these other factions. So, yeah, no, that's like a big issue in feminism. I mean, you know that. Look at the turfs. We're not getting into it. We're not getting Well, we already mentioned Harry but, Potter. But you get my point. Like, where it's like a lot of people just feel like they... Feminism should look a certain way. Mm. And, I mean, again, you have these people being left out of these spaces and they don't feel comfortable in any space. A lot of black women also don't feel comfortable in, like, black-heavy spaces because... It's like, oh, well, let's let's help the men first. And that was the whole thing. The whole issue with BLM is like, oh, well, we're all talking about George Floyd, but like no one's talking about Breonna Taylor. And then Breonna Taylor started to become more of a thing. Mm -hmm. But if you recall, it was George Floyd that started that whole thing. Uh, I mean, that particular wave of it, it had been happening for years. I mean, I remember Trayvon. I would say Trayvon. No, but I'm talking about. Wasn't Trayvon versus Black Lives Matter? Uh, yeah. Okay. But no, I'm talking about the 2020 wave. Okay. When when we know there was a black woman who was killed somewhat bef- like close to the black man. Yeah. I can't speak for like the other black men who were killed. But that's the thing, right? Like it became a whole, well, black, like police are killing our black men. And it's like, okay, the black women are like, but what about us? Like there is a lot of violence like against black women and we are like the lowest on the totem pole so yeah hi lilith little twin peaks little twin peaks so yeah there's my soapbox that i didn't really explain very well because i'm super tired but i feel like you got it white man white man yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, if everybody just pulled himself up by their bootstraps, oh god, they'd up. find it's easier than they. Oh god. This is twenty year old Jesse Dram talking. What's up? You know, if you just pulled yourself up with the bootstraps, like me, I wouldn't got a job at the pizza place. What's going on? Killing it. Why don't these girls like me? Probably dykes. Me. God, I was watching a YouTube <laughs> debate um, about like between fe- like feminists or no feminists and anti-feminists, but mm. like all women. And they were like, well, tell me how you struggled. Like, this one chick's like, tell me how you struggled, like, just because you were a woman. And she's saying it to, like, I think a black woman. Definitely a woman of color. I forget if they were black or not. Um, And she's like, I can't tell you just what, like, of oppression I faced just as a woman because I'm more than that. Like, I'm also, like, black. And she might have been, like, Hispanic, too. 
and I'm queer and blah 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 and the and then they're like oh well it's always got to be about intersectionality and I'm like this is the problem with like white people is they're like but focus on this one thing and it's like mm. because you're white it might because you're a white cis able-bodied person yeah that might be the only the only thing that you what just happened oh she knocked over peanut butter oh Lilith won peanut butter um we have to beep out Lilith's name that might be (laughs) that might be like the only adversity you face is being a woman but like other people who have other are part of other groups can't speak to just like well I was only set I was only denied this job because I was a woman how do you, you don't know if that's true right right like the way I'd explain that to a dude would be like okay yes if we're talking uh, divorce and child custody yes men tend to get the shittier end of the stick there black dude gets an even shittier end of the stick because of the way that the criminal justice system tends to deal with black men in general. Right. Therefore, he cannot separate... He cannot separate his blackness from his being divorcedness. Right. Well, and you've talked about that without getting into detail about how, like, your experience in the criminal justice system and, you know, you're like, I'm white. I almost got swallowed up by that shit. I I got fucking contacts everywhere. Didn't do me... Any yeah, good. I'm white. I know cops, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, I can't imagine being a black person in this situation. Oh yeah, I totally understand. Like, oh yeah, just take the plea deal and just you know, be on probation for two years, even though you didn't fucking do anything. It's a scam. Uh-huh. Whole thing's a scam. It's you know, burn if, it all uh, down. Burn it all down. If somebody can afford the fines, then they basically have a right to break the law whenever they want, because. Some can afford the fines and some of them can't. I was, uh, like, this is totally not as uh, heavy as what we were just talking about. But that's, like, I was uh, listening to a podcast and they were talking about how celebrities will park anywhere because, like, the speed, the uh, parking tickets, like, don't matter. Yeah. So they'll just, like, park in handicapped zones because it's, like, whatever. What's $300? And they were, like, arguing. Not seriously, but arguing. Like, your ticket should be... Uh, a percentage of your income. Yeah, yeah. Well, not percentage, but like a sliding scale. Yeah, equivalent or not? A, God, I'm done. I'm done. I'm dead. All right, let's just end this episode then. Yeah, that got deeper than I expected. These things happen. Um, but yes. Oh, I should have said it at the beginning, but as a reminder, we are doing for this month Jeanette McCurdy's. Uh, I'm glad my mom died. Uh, are you doing it with me or am I doing it with someone else? Um, I'll, I'll probably read that very soon. I'm reading this book about cancer, which, who boy, do you don't really get excited for. You'll, you'll read, you'll get through that quickly. Yeah. Um, also, Taylor Swift co- podcast coming out Look probably next month. Do. Yeah. Look what you made me, made me, oh my made, God. Me, made me, made me do. We were so... <laughs> We are so, like, on our high horse of, like, yeah, our kid doesn't listen to baby music. No, we're just stuck with, like, fucking Miley Cyrus's Flowers and Taylor Swift's Shake It Off for, like, mm-hmm. the next two years. So, I mean, trade off, I guess. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, all right. Ugh. Well, thanks for listening. End of podcast. Bye. Again, if you think Jesse is needs to do more. No. Come no up with an eggplant. Think, no one thinks you need to do more, honey, except maybe you. Mm. Look what you made me do. Look what, what you, you made me, me do. do.
Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. Rest in peace, Jesse Dram's reputation. Bye. <laughs>